What about the other guy where, let's say you're a brown belt and you're tired, yeah, and you're training with a blue belt who's a killer, <laughs> and you know he's about to pass your guard, and you stop. So you do what? All right, well, go wait, back, wait, wait, go wait, back, wait. get the underhook. <laughs> good, good. Now pressure. Oh, nice. All right, good job. Now go back. Let's restart. Yeah, that's a dirty little trick. It is. What's up, guys? Episode three of the Splendid Torch Podcast. I am here with Coach Peach himself. What's up, old man? How you doing there, young man? I am doing fantastically well. You're looking swell right Yeah, now. well, you know, <laughs> arms in a sling. Uh, probably zigged when I should have zagged. We'll address that <laughs> coming up, dealing with injuries and such. But uh, I am in high spirits nonetheless. You have to be. You have to be. Keep keep your chin up. I'm good, dude. Um all right, so we'll get to injuries and such in a different uh, episode, but we wanted to talk about something today that in a lot of ways was kind of the genesis of this podcast, because you and I, we uh, you know, we had an advanced class on a Monday, and this question came up, and the very next day, we were like, we have to address this to yeah. the entire academy, and it was the whole idea of like training etiquette, right? And when is it okay, or is it ever okay, for a junior student to ask a senior student to train? And for some reason in the jiu-jitsu world, this is like a hot topic. This yeah. is like a crazy, like loaded thing. Um, so we went on Facebook Live. We addressed it. We talked about it at length. And there was a huge response. Yeah, we had, a, you know. Got the ball rolling. Yeah, man, like 1,500 views on, on just like a Facebook post. It's crazy. Um, and a lot of people reached out saying, you know, thanks for clearing that up. And that kind of just, you know, led to this. Like there are a lot of unspoken rules in jiu-jitsu that more uh, than we can address in one podcast way more way more <laughs> um so what are these like you know hidden laws these like uh i don't know like do not touch like landmines <laughs> and why are they like uh unspoken why are they not like out in the open yeah and you know let's move forward yeah what do you uh what do you want to talk about first so we'll, we'll, we'll readdress it'll be more of a review yep of the asking a higher rank to train yeah so what a weird thing. So, all right, let me start with this. Like, I come from a, a pretty extensive traditional martial arts background. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming up in, like, karate and things like that, uh, anything that comes out of Japan and, and really any, any, like, Far East countries, they're based heavily in seniority. Yeah. Deference to the, the person above you, right? Deference to the elderly and things like that. So there's a lot of, like, respect in, in terms of, like, how you speak to somebody above you, yeah. right? There's, like, you know, we all know sensei. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of other terms. Literally for every step on the – every rung on the ladder, there's a different term. So it's, like, sensei and then there's, like, deshi and joshu and senpai and kohai. Uh, one of the cool things about Danaher is he uses a lot of these Japanese terms, yeah. and he's bringing them back. Like it is good to hear when he does that. It's it cool. shows it's the respect of martial arts. It's right. And then he pulls out a knife, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, one thing that, that he talks a lot about is kohai and senpai, right? So yeah. kohai is, is the junior student, senpai is the senior student. And that's just a nod to, like, the deference. Because yeah. in jiu-jitsu, you have to have that, that ranking system. Yeah. Because we like to use another R word. When we line up rank order, we're really lining up in order of responsibility. Yes. Now, over the years, that got convoluted. <laughs> yeah. It got to the weird point where a blue belt is scared to ask a brown belt to train. 
because they saw on Reddit that you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> when they're not buying their GameStop stocks, yeah. 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 What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, and we addressed this, and like I said, I come from, uh, we'll address the two different backgrounds. So I came from a wrestling background, which is basically just, it doesn't, just grab somebody and go. Right. And it's usually, um, you know, you're just getting after it. And so you've seen Let wrestling. me ask you this. So even if, like, say you're in a, a high school wrestling room. Yeah. And you're a sophomore. Mm-hmm. You, you're allowed to go up to a, a senior, like yeah. the you know the A guy, like for the killer. most part. I mean, you'll have um, if if you have some. I think, and I, I may be wrong because it was uh, the early uh, six hundred uh, <laughs> BC in the, the, the original. All we wore was a leaf. Um, no, the uh, you know originally. Some schools, I'll say, they will have, like, the varsity team trains with the varsity team. JV trains with the JV and the freshman train with the freshman. Or the freshman and JV will train together, and then they have a team where the whole team comes together and train together. Right. And a lot of times, uh, I think it's real. it'll mix. It'll be a mixed bag. Because you may have a guy that's a varsity wrestler. One of his best friends is on JV, and they'll train together. And it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Now, the military, as you know, um, and we've addressed this, and, you know, any of the military guys that will tell you, uh, you know, when you're a, a you know, just a, a common enlisted folk, I'm not going. I mean, I can't say that. I did hang out with a bunch of officers. We had pretty good, guys, <laughs> pretty good damn time. But, but that was atypical. That's fraternization. You could get into trouble from there. You know, and 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 that's and again, it's atypical. But yeah. I guess I have the personality where I'm able to. I engage. <laughs> you're a likable guy. We're not. That's a whole other podcast. Into trouble is, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, is yeah. the thing. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. so you kind of carried that over into martial arts, like yes. the deference for seniority and things like exactly. that. Exactly, and we had a conversation not too long ago where they were t- we were talking about you know professor, and I was like, we'll be out drinking bourbon. I'll still call him professor, dude. It, it'll know? probably that'll never change. I get it. I still yeah. I call Ricardo professor. Yeah, um, yeah. But here's the thing: like, I think it started. At least I'm hoping it started early on as. Maybe a nod, and it, you know, maybe it was the residual influence of of Japanese martial arts yeah. and jujitsu. But I think it devolved from there. In my opinion, I could be wrong. I think it happened for two reasons. One, senior students, our time is limited, right? And I think what happened was a senior, like say a black belt, you know, they don't want to have to roll with a white, white belt, belt or blue belt. Yeah. They want to get their rounds in, right? Yeah. Now, you could say that they earned that position. Right, they they put their ten years in whatever. But at the same time. But at the same time, like especially here, we've got a culture of service. Yeah. Like the senior students, you owe it to those junior students, like to That's train about, with them. It, 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 Trickle down it, economics. It's huge. It's huge. And anytime, you know, I, I'll teach the teach a class or whatever. I'll roll with the white belts. I don't care. As roll you with, should. Yes. Yeah, yeah, guess what? When I you feel were a white it's an obligation. Belt, we trained with you. Yes, exactly. And I I think it's you owe it to the white belt. It's the, you're building up the troops. Right. It doesn't do them any good to sit them in the corner and say, white belts, go over there, you train with yourselves. Man, and it's the fastest way to, to get them to actually be a good role. Exactly. And you know? I will say this, and this is a, a nod to, you know, look, we're proud of the academy. We're proud of the atmosphere we have here. Uh, Pre-COVID, I should say, when people come over here to train from other schools, we'll get to that as well. Um, what happens is, is they would say, man, your white belts are nails. They're nails. And a lot of that is because they get a lot of rounds in right. with the higher belts. Yes. You know, there is not that, oh, just stay over there in the white belt room. No, let's cross train. Because if you get better, you're going to make me better. Right. So 
I guess if we're going to put like a, an answer on that question, is it okay to ask a senior student yes. to train? Yes. Here in our school, yes. it is. It is. Um, but I will say this. You better do it with respect in your heart, you know, <laughs> yes. and not necessarily deference, but you need to understand that there is – it's not a caste system like we talked about yeah. the last time, but there is a, a pecking order. Yeah. There's got to be. You know, there's a hierarchy. No matter where you go, on the playground, guess what? There's a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy. And in jiu-jitsu, it's one of the reasons, like, everybody's safe, understanding where you are in the hierarchy. Yeah. And understanding that when you do ask that senior student to train, that – you're going to set the pace and you're going to dictate what happens in a lot of ways. In other words, if you come out guns a-blazing, what do you think that round is going to look like for you? Uh, it's not going to look good for yeah, you. Know, you yeah, the, you're going to get your We're going to clean up the floor with, with your face. Yeah. The beauty of this, this topic is this really, we just hit three other topics that we're going to have to address. So this was a great way to kick it off. I really right. think so. Because we could get, we go right into the cross training. Let's go. Because it was a uh, year ago this week where I was in Toronto. I fly up there. I go in. I f- Googled a school. They said, come on in. I went over uh, underneath Henzo, underneath, the, you know, we're all under the same parent. Mm-hmm. And um, I go in and I train. I was They set me up with a white belt that was a, a, a wrestler up in Canada. Rolled with him a bunch. It was great. Professor asked me to roll. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, let's roll. Cross training. I didn't go in. And say, I'm going to go neon face on this guy and show that McHugh-BJJ is far superior to their jiu-jitsu. Right. There's a respect. You have to carry that respect. And that that is, again, It's I think that's a value system. Yeah. We'll talk offline how that role went. <laughs> but I will say. And that that's another topic. That's another topic. But um, I really think that cross-training is invaluable because I went up there. And even though we're all under Henzo, mm-hmm. Henzo, Papa Ricardo. Henzo, yeah, exactly. Uh, I went up there and I trained with them, and they were like, "Wow, that was pretty awesome." What did you do? How did you do that? What, you know, stuff like that. They were receptive. They were receptive. But you got to point something out. Um, why were they receptive to you? Why were Why respect. were they? I showed them respect. Right. So you show yeah. up and you do have deference. Yeah. You show up understanding you're a visitor. You're a guest. Exactly. And it, it, you're not a conquering, invading soldier. Exactly. Like this is not the crusade. I'm not Musashi. I'm not going to your village yet. No, like you said, you're not flying a flag when exactly. you show up. I even went with your favorite gi, my storm, <laughs> oh, my <God>. storm <laughs> gi, with, with no patches on there, just because I didn't want to show up. Yeah. And, and show. Uh, I think disrespect. that's the right way to do it. Yeah. So if if people listening don't understand, because the climate these days is very, very different different. than it was when I started. When I started, you did not cross train. And I mean, maybe from where I, the school I come from was probably among the most strict. Um, But a reason for that was because Ricardo had such a, like a prolific fight team. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember like people getting kicked out because there was a lot more at stake than just sharing techniques in jujitsu so if you're training a group of fighters in new jersey at the time there's only yeah. a certain amount of so fighters fight schools, yeah. so if one guy's cross training chances are he's cross training with one of our well, one opponents of our, yeah. um that's changed right there are no more secrets yeah like the, there's nothing that you have that you can hide that's not on youtube anymore <laughs> um so cross training is not only prevalent it's encouraged now which is i like it yeah but it's very different. It did take me a while to get used to it. Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, and one of the cool things is people are carrying that respect. You know, when people show up, like, everybody's buddies already. Yeah. You know, like, yep. you and Battle are, like, 
without you guys, I don't know that we would have so many students from. We have a ton of students yeah. drop in because you guys go to a tournament and you have a million friends when you're done. Yeah. You got to understand, like. 12, 13 years it wasn't ago. Like that. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It, you, you always break my stones about it, too. You're like, you're going in to fight this guy. Because in the beginning, I didn't understand it. It was just like, <laughs> like you were speaking German. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it, it's the, uh, like, and I had said to you, uh, I can remember being a kid, you go to a wrestling tournament, you're mean mugging everybody. You're yeah. exhausted from mean mugging. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's drains you. Yeah. yeah. But look, I'm going to be honest. We, we can act like we're very high-minded and things like that, but I kind of always liked the us versus them thing, you know, like showing up to maybe because we were fighting MMA, but like yeah. the, like driving down with four of my teammates and we're all fighting on the card. Yeah, I like that showing up, knowing that it was our team versus theirs. There's that's you. You still need to have that, and I, and look, I still have that when I go to compete. You know, I still go in and I say, "Hey, look, um, you know, I'm representing the flag." That's yeah. very important, right? And I and, and point something out when somebody does show up. Say a black belt comes to visit here. We're talking about respect. Oh yeah, but respect does not imply what rolling over. Rolling for over, yeah. There's <laughs> so you need to be prepared if you go to cross train. Like yeah. here, I here's an example. Here's probably the right way to do it. You call first. You ask if it's okay. Yes. You show up and you don't wear your academy gi. Yes. I think that's probably the best way to do it. When you're rolling, you're not smashing people. No. If you can smash them, don't. Don't. Right? Does that mean you let them beat you up? Of course not. Yeah. Um, I would say in that scenario, you wait for the, the lead instructor to ask to you ask to train. You. Exactly. Um, and then you can, you know, bring out your A game, but I wouldn't shoot out like a cannon. I no. wouldn't, like, hit the ground running, <laughs> sir, like, sitting back on a heel hook right away. Yeah. Like, slap hands, they're playing open guard, you jump on a leg. Yeah. That's a ticket to... Getting your ass kicked. Bro. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things where when uh, you go into the locker room and a couple guys follow you <laughs> yeah. in, and before or, you know or, it, you're, at, you're or stuck at the in a very locker. least, you're not welcome back. And, and you know, and that, you've been a poor representative exactly, of, of your academy. Exactly, and and that's the other thing when you go to cross train somewhere. You know, they're going to ask, where do you train? Who gave you your your belt? Who this and that? And if you go somewhere and, and you are a capital D. You, you're gonna, you know. What was that dramatic? Um, destined. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, I think when you go, you, you're you're not putting a good pres uh, representation of your academy, your right. professor. You represent your professor, your academy when you go to train somewhere else. So that's a good point because in your head, you might say you're like a purple belt. You go to visit somewhere. In your head, you're like, I have to represent my team, and you do, but do it. In the in the most technical way possible, yes. because you know what's more impressive and more indicative of of the greatness of your school is how you carry yourself, yes. and like we talked about last time, the grit you have. Yeah. So you know, don't sit back on legs, don't do anything you know buck wild to embarrass yourself. Um, so cross training is encouraged now. It's it's uh, part of the game. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. But I will say the one thing that we do not tolerate or support, especially here, maybe only here, I don't know, is the Ronin. Yeah. Do you, you know what yeah. a Ronin oh, is? Yeah, so, yeah. We had one, remember that? Yeah, and no no, thank you. Yeah. You're not welcome. And a Ronin is a masterless samurai, which yeah. back in, you know, like the days of Bushido and such, it, it was it was like a derogatory term. Like, yeah. it was... It was uh, it was a position of like disrespect and like ill repute, you know? Yeah. 
um, you should have a quote-unquote master as a samurai. You, you should belong to a community that you're committed to, that you're beholden to, and that you're helping you know, to grow. Yeah. If you're just jumping around from open mat to open mat, you're a selfish scumbag and you have no place in my academy. <laughs> but I will say this. I think the only respected Ronin we know of is Musashi. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give Musashi yeah. the tip of the cap. Give him the tip of the cap. Yeah. Give Musashi, he, he gets my blessing. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. So going back to the the training. Now, this is always a, uh, a tough one, I think, for people because they don't know how to do it. Training with women. And uh, it's a, I think... It's a fine line, as you would say. This is a tough topic. It is a tough topic. I think we're going to nail it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to do pretty good with this. So it's a, uh, like we said, it's a, it's a fine line training with women. Why, um, Why is that? I think that it, look, when you go to train with a female, you should remember, most cases, she's not Gabby Garcia. Correct. She's not going to have as much yeah, or right, more testosterone. For, for listeners who don't know who Gabby Garcia is, can you describe her, please? I can't Gabby Garcia, I believe, is 6'3", 6'4". She's, oh, <laughs> she she's, might be bigger than she that. She might be bigger than that. And she's, she's probably like, 200 like pounds. Yeah, she looks like The Rock. They interviewed her last night for Who's Number One, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, if you talk bad about me on the internet, she's probably going to come kick my ass. She's going to be not here. going to She's coming F across train. <laughs> um, just so you know, like, you know, her voice is deeper than mine, and that's not me picking on her. I'm not bullying her. She's, you know, she's a steroid addict. Yeah, she's. Uh, but she's a beast. But the truth is, we have never had somebody of her stature as a woman come here to train. Exactly. What type of women do we have on the mat? I mean, we Every have day. all types. We have all types of but women. But the point being, like, none of them are six foot six, two 240 yeah. pounds of muscle. Exactly. Um, for the the vast majority of them, they're here to get in shape, to learn some self-defense, to, you know, set and achieve goals. Same reason the guys are here. Yeah. Um, and the guys are treated recreationally as recreational martial arts. Look at most of them are. They are. So here's the thing, though. What happens is... In in the jujitsu world, there's there's like a debate, like how what's the right way to train with women? That can go two ways. Yeah. One is this: you could approach it like this, and, and a lot of schools do. You treat them just like the guys. Yeah. You don't you don't pay any mind to who you partner them up with. You don't hold anything back. You use your full arsenal of techniques. You use your full body weight and strength. You treat them like without any recognition of the biological differences. That's one way you could do it. I don't subscribe to that. I don't think it's... And a big reason is we, we've got such a wide demographic of women who train here. A lot of them are, you know, just stay-at-home moms or, you know, just moms in general, uh, like middle-aged. Some are older than that. And I just don't think it's, it's wise to, to, train to ignore the biological differences because it only takes... I, I'd rather err on the side of caution because it only takes one bad training experience and they don't get they don't come back. They won't come back. We've robbed them of the beauty of this jujitsu exactly. journey because some idiot, some guy <laughs> couldn't like, you know, not win the round. He had to like get the Has gold medal. Um so we're we're very mindful of that. And, and, and we always will be. be. And you have to be. And and it's also I think there's the uh you have to have a common sense approach when you're rolling with a with a female. But somehow that gets misconstrued as sexism, discrimination, somehow. Yeah, I agree. Like, treat me like any other student. But I think it's also like we were talking about, you know, when you're training with a higher belt. Yeah. It's not the Mundials. There's a lot to acknowledge. There is it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray. Another thing, let's talk about like a tough topic. 
say let's just we could be wrong like you know I'll, I'll look up the numbers but let's be conservative uh, say we have 20 women training here how many of those 20 women do you think had negative encounters with guys in their lives in terms of abuse of some sort yeah. right like out of 20 at least three or four yes. right and I'm sure we can find statistics that say like 50% or more. I'll get Jamie to look them up. Right. Yeah, we need Jamie. <laughs> so, Jamie? Jamie, bring that up. So the point being, don't you think it would it would be wise and prudent to just assume that a woman is not yet comfortable training? Because the guys aren't trained, comfortable training with guys yeah. in the beginning. Exactly. So what we like to do here is we put all the power in the woman's hands. What that looks like is this. when If a woman comes in for her class and there's another woman in class, we're going to partner them up with the assumption being they're going to be more comfortable together, yeah. right? And if there's not another woman, we're going to find a, somebody who's going to work really well with them. Suitable training partner. Right. Somebody who's like, you know, got control of his body, has, he's like got a, a, a good temperament. And he's got more than two cents in his head. Yeah. He's not an idiot and yeah. he's not creepy. Yeah. And we're doing this, why? To make sure that this is an enjoyable, comfortable experience for everybody involved. And to ignore any biological differences, <laughs> I think, is foolhardy. I agree. What's your take on it? You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. It's true. You, 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 you I think you have to – look, I don't want to say it's the elephant in the room, but it's that it is there. You, yeah. You, you have to provide them a training environment that's conducive to them learning. And Why? Why? Because so we owe it to them. We owe it to them. Right. They're, they're not here because they were recruited. They're here because they're paying to come here. And dude, what does it look? All right, so but you know we're, I mean? we're talking about the first like six months of their jujitsu yeah. journey. We're we're helping them become comfortable. Exactly. What are some of the signs that uh, like when is, when would we know? Because as an instructor, it becomes pretty obvious <laughs> that it's time to just release them into general population. Yeah. They can train with whoever's here. What are some of the signs of that? Well, I think one of them is obviously you could see their progression. Technically. In, technically. They're able to defend themselves. Exactly. Even if they do partner up with a spaz, exactly. they're they're fairly safe. Exactly. What else? Uh, that's the one. One, you could see the confidence in them. The demeanor. You have to have that demeanor. If, if you're, you know, I don't want to say your head is down, but you know. When you right. see someone, when they, it, even if they're rolling with another female, they kind of go in there going, ugh. Right. I lost. Right. There's no it's the confidence. That's like I would take a Nia Maris. I'd put her in any of the classes. Yes. Yeah, I'd say she could train with everybody. Right. So you know, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's obvious, you know. Um. That's important to point out, man. And and you might be thinking, and look, there are cases where in their first week, a woman will come up to me and say, look, like I'm comfortable training with whoever, you know, you, but you know, you partner me up with this other woman the yeah. last like three classes. Here's the thing. I'm sorry, hypothetical woman. The other woman is not comfortable training with guys. Yeah. So that's us asking you as a teammate to not take one for the team, but just to help facilitate the learning of one of your teammates. Be a teammate. Be a teammate. Be a team. Right. And... I want you guys to understand we are, are always erring on the side of caution, of making sure everybody's comfortable moving forward. As you should. Because it's just so. going to be a better environment in the end. Because right. then hopefully by after a few months of training, they get more confident in their skill set. Mm -hmm. Then they feel confident training with everybody. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this. When that does happen, they're in the advanced program. They have their blue belt. They're, they're you know technically proficient. They're doing great. How do you train with them then? Say, all right, let's take a, a typical, like, Melissa, my yeah. wife. Like, oh, I don't know. Oh, this is going to get me in trouble. Like, 135 pounds. I don't know. 130. I don't know. Let's say 135 and, you know, Tony size. 
and and like five foot two, blue belt, two stripe blue belt. How do you train with this person? That's different than one of the white belts. I mean, yeah, I'm like not what, gonna, what would the role look like? It's going to be a more fluid, more technical, higher technique role. Babying her? No. Allowing her to just do whatever no, she wants? No, but I'm not going to get in top side control. No, and you're not putting 190 pounds into a cross face. Exactly. You know, you're not, you, maybe you'll like, you'll Tomonagi a little bit just for but fun. But that's jujitsu. It is. So, and when I play my butterfly guard, I'm going to elevate. I'm going to go for the sweep. I'm going to do certain things. And you're also, if you get a guard pass, you're also going to hollow your hips out occasionally. Yeah. Let her recover. Exactly. You know, make it. Yeah. You you have to, you have to have address the disparity yes. in the size and the strength. Exactly. And if you're incapable of doing that, maybe you're not the type of guy who should be should training train with women. women. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Next topic, dude. What do you think? All right. So this one is off the training. Uniforms. Oh boy. Uniform policy. Uniform policy. Oh. Gi and no gi. All right. So we're in the, the RABJJ Association, the Ricardo Almeida Association. We we have a quote-unquote strict uniform policy. Ours is not nearly as strict as Ricardo's only because uh, I'm too nice. <laughs> but uh, there is a reason that we have everybody in the same uniform. When you enroll here, and it's not to make me money because you get a free gi. Yeah. You know, like I, I take that one on the tee. Yeah. Um, it's because the one of the ways I, I always love hearing it explained, and this is from my uncle, is so the first argument people always have is I want to express myself. Like I want this nice gi because it 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 expresses my person, it ex- expresses my creativity. <laughs> Let your jujitsu express your creativity. You know, like your your self expression should happen in the way you perform martial arts. If you need a NASCAR gi, and if you don't know what that means, like. <laughs> People come in with these crazy geese and they got all the crazy patches on. That's nothing but a distraction. You know, at the end of the day, this is an academy. This is a place of learning. And our job is to take away as many distractions as possible to facilitate learning. And if that means we're all wearing the same gi, so be it. And on top of that, I like the way it looks. I think that is, I think that's very important. I think it I, looks I, cool. Exactly. I think it looks good where, I mean, look, we got white and blue geese. That's, that's fine. Uh, but at the same time, and I'll take this one on chin, there's no red geese in here anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now that you finally now got rid of your Jack, son's Well, Jack grew out of he that. He grew out of it. Yeah. I'm sure he's But that was a Christmas little... present. He loved it. And at the time, we were not training uh, here. The school wasn't even there. So his Christmas present that year from Santa was a red geese that he liked. Yeah. So, but that's it. But, you know... Uh, the uniformity, and again, I'll go back to the military aspect. Do it. I believe the uniformity shows one thing in particular. Commonality through everything. Cohesion. Cohesion. We're together. We're all together. We're in this together. We're one team. We're all here. We're all the rank and file from first-time trainer, trainee, all the way up to professor. And, and the, the only, only difference thing is being did- is the black geese for the instructors. And your belt. And your belt. Which I, I like, man. I think and there's he, a lot dude, to the say truth is that. this: I don't know how this will be received. <laughs> At the end of the day, I like it. So be it. You well, know what I mean? But but oh, their name is on the door. But okay. I also want to point out um, there are reasons. There's many the uniformity reasons. is it's an important thing. You know, everything we do here is to build cohesion, trust, camaraderie, family, all these things, and all those things I just mentioned are are built to facilitate your learning, your progress. Right? I agree. And a lot of it comes down to something as silly and seemingly trivial as wearing the same uniform. Dude, the weird thing is you go to a karate school, they're all wearing the same gi. Nobody even once for a second 
had a thought of going on Google and finding their own karate gi. Yeah. It's never a thought. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's it's, when it's you get all thing. these differences. I, and look, I mean, there was a, a time when I was not training here where BJHQ was breaking me. Why? Rolling deals. Who cares? How many geese do you need, man? Ah, you know, it wasn't just the geese. My favorite spats that you hated. Get those <laughs> things, dude. <laughs> they tore Throw them tore. in the those fireplace. <laughs> They're gone. Ugh. But, you know, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, it needed uh, board shorts or whatever it was. It, yeah. was. it wasn't anything over the top, though. So. Right. All right. What's next? Dude? All right. So how about this one? And this one is a, uh, this goes, uh, I guess it could go in many different directions, but we'll say coaching from the side. Oh, man. All right. It depends on who's doing it and what class. If it's just uh, – I hate when – the parents can't do it. Yeah. If the parents are doing it, we address it because, first off, it's insane, you know? <laughs> Secondly, this is a classroom setting. Like, if your kids are taking a math test, are you going to, like, yell from the window, Tommy, you could do it. Two you plus can do two. That now, do it. <laughs> you could do that now. Now you though. can. It's, uh, table. it's crazy. And w when kids are involved – Keep your mouth shut because you're a lunatic and you're scaring the other kid. Yeah. This is, it's not a competition and your kid has to understand that. Now. It's not a wrestling tournament. When, when sure. we're in a normal class and we're doing live training and if you're coaching from the sideline within the first three, first three rounds, get your ass back on the mat and train. <laughs> you have not earned the right to do that. Um, but say, you know, it's like the fifth round, you're sitting one out and somebody's training and you're a senior student, by all means. Yeah. But if you're a blue belt, don't coach other blue belts. Yeah. Just let them train. Or the Because you, you don't really know what the hell you're talking yeah. about anyway. Um, and if it's comp class, highly encouraged. Yeah. I like the, the hooting and hollering. I like the yelling. Yeah. Because it gets them in the right state of mind. And it gets what it's like. It prepares them for yeah. what it's going to be like. Exactly. There's a lot to that, too. 100% when you're, you know, when you're, when we're doing the, uh, the shark tank, you know, and you got two guys in and, you know, it's towards the end. You know, yeah. the last half, which at this point they've yeah, had. Yeah, dig deep. Uh, they've had, you know, nine, ten, three full-on matches, and they're just, they're exhausted. And you got your teammate, go, go for this, go for this. And, you know, we used to see it in the beginning where you'd have one guy's coaching one guy in the, mm -hmm. in the shark tank and the other guy's coaching the other guy. Yep. Just to get you familiar with when you're in the heat of the battle, you're able to do it. Being able to hear somebody's exactly. voice. Yeah, that's exactly. important. Um now, like maybe a subtopic on this. What about coaching people mid-roll? And that's the other part of it, exactly. Because I mean, yuck. I I mean, I think we've all seen it, and we've had certain people that have been more prolific at it, and we know why they're doing it. <laughs> go go ahead. So you get the uh, the coaching in the role, and the guy like, dude, you're one stripe white belt, and you're trying to show a three stripe <laughs> yeah. white belt, you know how to properly do a something or whatever. I saw this on YouTube. Drives me nuts. Drives yeah. me nuts. You know, and it's like, okay, okay, look, all right, you want to help? That's fine. I understand that, but don't do it mid roll. That's you're talking about. There's there's different stereotypes. Yes. You're talking. You're addressing the guy who's like seeking glory, and he needs everybody to know how much he knows. I know so much. What about the other guy? Where, let's say you're a brown belt, and you're tired. Yeah. And you're training with a blue belt who's a killer. <laughs> And you know he's about to pass your guard. And you stop. So you do what? All right, well, go back. Wait, wait, go back. <laughs> Get the underhook. Good, good. Now pressure. Oh, nice. All right. Good job. Now go back. Let's restart. Yeah. That's a dirty little trick. It is a dirty little and, and that's, I think. That's punishable by death. Yeah. Like, you do that, you need to commit something. I do just the opposite. 
where if I'm training with somebody and I can see they're trying to do whatever, like we'll just say shoulder pressure, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty good at it. So I'll be like, all right, look, first off, put your, your the hand that's coming around my head, around behind my neck. Dig your fingers into my lap. <laughs> so you're teaching them. Yeah. Roll your shoulder. Wait, here's and I'm the thing. To talk. I'm, I'm very, like, I'm very disappointed because I don't think you should coach mid-roll ever. You know what I – when somebody – let's say like I hit a technique yeah. and somebody asks me, do you know what I say? I look over at the clock and there's four minutes left. Yeah. I'll show you in four minutes. Yeah. Go. Because there's there's two – like I addressed before, there's two types of learning in here. The first part of our class is instruction. Everything is cooperative. It's very slow. You're drilling. You're practicing. But that's only one modality, so to speak, of of learning. The second one is applied under stress. That is just as important as the first one. Now, if you didn't get enough in that first one, you'll have time like throughout the week to come back and drill your arm bars. But when we hit start on that clock, we're no longer in that instructional period. Mm -hmm. Now, in between rounds or after training, if you want to have some very specific question answered, Grab a senior student and ask them Absolutely. specifically. Yep. But mid-roll, like not only are you avoiding your own personal training and like abdicating responsibility to get after <laughs> it, you're taking time away from that person. Yeah. Like, man, I, I have I have four rounds before I have to go put my daughter to sleep. Stop talking. Let's get after it. And and pay pay attention. Yeah. If you don't know how I swept you, I'm about to do it again. <laughs> Just try to like see how it's working. Exactly. And then again, when we're done, if you have a very specific question, you ask. Ask. And there's also learning, learning through failure. Mm-hmm. You know, experience. Th- experience. Th- th- that is, and I don't mean failure in the sense that oh, you're a failure. You get swept. You get swept. You know, somebody does something, they they take advantage of whatever. There's your incompetence. They took advantage they of your incompetence and your lack of skill. Exactly. And the it, only way to build that skill is to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because eventually you're going to learn, oh, if I throw up a frame, he's not going to do this. Anymore. Dude, and here's the other thing. When that guy is like, oh, can you show me how you did that? You show them, and they still don't really understand it. Exactly. You know, and they might not even really be paying attention to you anyway. Yeah. The, what, what, the bottom line is we know what you're doing. <laughs> we know what you're doing. Just train. Just train. And then this leads us into tapping to exhaustion, which is oh, goes no. along the same lines. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. And you, we talked about this. This was brought up years ago. We were talking about it, and I think we did it. Might have done it. There might have been a video on it where, when you when that when you do that, and I think especially I've seen guys just starting to train, and they're just like, oh, they tap, and I'm yep. like, dude, what do you tap it to? It's so much pressure. I'm like, we talked about it last time, dude. Deal with the pressure. Yeah. Don't tap to exhaustion. Don't, don't tap to pressure. You don't pressure. get to tap to exhaustion. You cannot do that. Because that, one, I don't want to say that. Is that a flaw? Would you say that's a flaw? Dude, yeah. That's a flaw. That's a, so what's going on upstairs? You're going, oh, things are tough. There's an issue. There's, there's an issue. Tough. The problem okay. is everybody, well, most people have that, that lurking. Yeah. The problem is this. When you tap to exhaustion, you've given that dark part of your brain that weak part the of your brain wind. the thumbs up yeah and what happens it grows you can't it knows it's okay it's like when you have kids like with scarlet she's always testing her friggin' boundaries <laughs> and she'll like write on the wall and she'll look at me yeah more like avery avery's yeah. too she'll write on the wall and she'll look at me and if i don't say what the fuck are you doing <laughs> she keeps going because she knows she wins yeah. every time you let yourself give up to exhaustion or take the easy way out that side of you always wins on the flip side every time you beat that that temptation back yep. it gets smaller it shrinks exactly it gets weaker um i remember 
last podcast we were talking about how we used to have those crazy comp classes at Ricardo's where everybody would be in the alleyway. The first time I ever went down, nobody knew me because I only did the morning MMA sessions mm -hmm. with Ricardo. So I go down on my white belt and I was, you know, strong and I was crazy and I was aggressive. I did pretty well in my little group. And the black belt who's running it, Steve Kim, who, you know, he's an accomplished like competitor, a little bit of a dick. <laughs> You'll see why. Um, he, uh, I guess he saw I was doing pretty well with some of the guys. I was getting takedowns. Yeah. And, and he also saw he didn't know me. He didn't realize that, hey, man, I'm your teammate. Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't have a Ricardo. I had a plain white on. And we're done training. And he's like, hey, man, let's do one more. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, this guy's like a world champion black belt. And I just did an hour and a half of takedowns. Yeah. But okay. And, you know, he takes me down, mounts me. I'm trying to turn over. He opens up his gi. He sees I'm panicking. Yeah. He opens his gi, wraps around my head, and lays on my face. Oh, that's oh man. Yeah, so to talk about, like, claustrophobia, yeah. and I try to tap. He takes one lapel off my face and goes, you can't tap to that, and he wraps it right back over. And I just sat there, you know, that's why I was claustrophobic <laughs> for, like, six months. Um, that was a lesson for a few things. One is now I know that no matter what happens – Nothing can ever be worse than that. Yeah. Like I did a half yeah. hour MRI yesterday. I would gladly do that for another half hour than have Steve Kim on my face again. Um, but I use that all the time, yeah. that phrase. You don't get to tap to you that. Don't get to You're not allowed to. Exactly. Um, so you got to hold on to that, yeah. dude. But there's – and I will say this, though. There is the point where you, you know you're locked into a submission instead of fighting through and breaking your arm. Yeah, just tap to it. Yeah. You know you're not going to get it. Yeah, so that leads and me to this, man, requesting the check. So there's two ways to 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 bail on yourself, to give up on yourself. Yeah. And uh, one of them is, is uh, a sin, tapping to exhaustion, just tapping because somebody's on top. Don't do that. No. The second one is only slightly more forgivable than that, <laughs> which is requesting the check. And requesting the check looks like this. You see it a lot in MMA. A guy gets mounted. And he's Connor? <laughs> guy gets mounted and he's getting his face bashed in because yeah. the mount is a devastating position. So he turns over. And when he turns over, he forgets to protect his neck. Yeah, Mr. Diaz, thank you. Did he forget to really protect his No, he was no, asking. He that was, was his way. He wanted to get out of And the you got to maybe tip your cap. Like, you could have just given up. You could have yeah. tapped the strikes, but you turned over. You made the guy choke you yeah. first. But really, it's the same thing. It just looks a little bit different. It looks, it looks better. It does look <laughs> but better. But to. Somebody that's sitting on the couch eating Lay's that's never been on the mat. Oh, man, he choked him. Oh, wow. Look at that, man, it was so good heat. No. He gave it up. He gave it up. He went belly down for a reason. The cardinal sin, when you're anywhere, is to go belly down. Yeah, requ Every, requesting the check. I don't care what check. room you're in. Another one is, like, you're stuck on bottom. You just reach your arm up in the air for the easy one bar, easy uh, key lock. Yeah. It's requesting the check. It's You're asking for a way out. You can't do that. Don't do it because it's a slippery slope. Exactly. What's next, coach? This one, uh, and we <laughs> the game of death rolls. Oh, right? boy. Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. There's a time and a place for it. And I think it, this goes back to recognizing who you're training with. Yeah. And the fact that you just did five lines of pre-workout <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're jacked up. Let's go. Right? You need to control yourself on the mat because... You're going to hurt your partners, and no one's going to want to train with you after That's a while. That's the big thing. Once you, once you get that, that noodle gets out there that goes, don't train with John. Mm -hmm. John is 
balls out nuts. It He's, takes forever to to get rid of that that you have that stench of don't train with this exactly guy. you have you're like what's his name from uh, the snoopy the cartoon pig pen that came with a cloud <laughs> yeah. over your head you know you're walking around with this cloud of dust yeah and i think one that i think that is just it takes the fun out of the the room yeah because then everybody's looking around everybody's avoiding you and you're stuff. avoiding you nobody's gonna want to roll with yeah, you yeah nobody wants to get stuck with exactly. you. exactly and then then you're gonna get this no thank you yep no, thank you. And, and then the step above that one is like, like what's like with like a young powerhouse we have yeah. here, where it's like not only no thank you, but it's like no way, man. Are yeah. you be, ha ha ha? Yeah, I'm not gonna train with you. Exactly. I gotta be able to walk later. Exactly. Like I need I need my eyes for work. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't let that happen. Um. So there's a couple ways to address that. You can have the stern talking to, which, believe it or not, if a guy's training that buck wild hard. The stern and talking to usually goes right over his head yeah. in one ear out the other. So what do you do next? You sm- you try to smash him, right? Like you just beat the crap out. You do the Professor Larry neon belly, <laughs> grab him behind his shoulder and, and at his hip and just drive your knee through his, his sternum for six minutes. But then sometimes that doesn't land. So another thing you could do is the dead fish. You let the guy guard pass your guard yeah. to calm him down, right? And you let him get behind you. Let him t- work towards your back. Problem is sometimes they crank on your arm. Yeah. And tear something in your shoulder. <laughs> so I don't know the answer, man. Like some guys, it just it, you, it doesn't you can't connect. get in, no. and you just have to find somebody who's either, I guess we'll say, robust enough to withstand the abuse, <laughs> or you find another lunatic and you keep them together. Put them in a closet. And say, but every oh, round should not be murder, death, kill. So it can't be. So Juliana got a lot of good footage over the last few weekends, and one of the things I like is. It's no secret. I, I do most of my training with Brandon, yeah. right? We're like the same kind of body type. Uh, he's super athletic, and I trust him, man. Like we could, uh, he could go full blown, full speed inside heel hook, and I know he's not going to hurt me. And you know, he feels the same. We don't hurt each other. Yeah. It's important. But she sent me all the footage, and, and I was watching it, looking for like you know cool stuff to post. And the first like twenty minutes, we're we're pretty much just flowing. We're not even not even talking about yeah. it. Not like, hey, I'm going to practice something. It's unspoken. The first couple rounds, we're not even sweating yet. He, I'm letting him get an entry. I'm getting an entry. Yeah. But it doesn't even really look like we're cooperating. It's like a little dance. And then you can see it, it kind of gets that uptick, uptick. Yeah. And maybe the last round, last round and a half, it's we're going after. full speed. Oh, yeah. Full speed. Brandon's a great role. But you can't be full speed no. first bell, first round. You can't. You can't. You could, but you're well, you're a dick. You're you're something. Yeah, yeah. You are something. That's and and again, I'll just take it back just to the simple philosophy of you know you're a 215 pound, 23 year old guy that's just raging, yeah. and you're going against a guy that's 160 pounds, 170 pounds, 45 years old, 45 years old. There's yeah, like what did you win? What did you just achieve? You didn't achieve anything by smashing that yeah. guy. That's it. You're better off doing a technical role and saving that for if and when you compete. Yeah. More technical roles are going to go a lot farther than I comored you 18 times. Dude, the good thing about gaining experience and being around for a long time is not only do you not need those little victories, like if I'm rolling with, say, like Leon. Leon's scrappy, man. Very scrappy. But he's half my size. Yeah. And he's like 10 years older than me. 
what do I gain from separating his knees from his body just by sheer strength, going knee on belly and strangling him against his will? Yeah. I gain nothing. Zero. In fact, it's not only does that not make me feel good anymore, it does the opposite. I feel like a piece of Crap. garbage. Yeah. I feel like a bully and yeah. I feel even worse than that, I feel like I don't have technical jujitsu. Yeah. So you get to a point where like you only feel good about technical victories. You no longer feel good about asserting dominance in a role. I think a lot of that comes with one as you let's there's levels to each belt, right? And I think once you get to, I would say when you, especially when you get to be like a purple belt, yeah, mid purple belt, two three stripes, mid purple belt, you're a black belt with who didn't put in the time yet. exactly, and you're to the point where you're going, all right, the like a switch goes on, you go, I need to be more technical with everything yeah. because you could see the brown belt, yeah, and you, you know start that, taking more pride in technique. exactly, I know, and you put less stock in just winning. It's not about the win. I don't care. Yeah, about but nobody knows that for the first five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we don't expect them to. No, we no, We want no, them no. to want to win. You want them to want to win. You want them to want to. More, I think it's more you want them to want to get better. Yeah. You want them to improve. You want them to get a better role. Every time you roll, you want to try to improve. Yeah. Every role. It, it, even if it's a the, the most minute detail, an, an improvement. Even at the sake of, from the outside looking in, you quote unquote lost the role. Yeah. If you had some good entries on like the leg lock that you're, yeah. you've been working on, you won. That's you won. a win. And there's, uh, I had uh, one of the guys reach out to me and they're like, coach, man, I'm having issues with this I don't want to be this I said look do yourself a favor just scale it back yeah he's like what do you mean I said just work on your positioning yes I go I you'll only hear me say this once right now pull guard <laughs> I'm anti-guard pulling yeah. professor battle yeah but you what you need to work on something specific you need to work you on need specific to be focused you put yourself in a what are you working on it's passing the guard pass the guard just pass the guard. Just yeah. work. Put yourself in a position where you're always passing the guard. For three months. For three months. Just go. I, I said, don't go for any submissions. Yeah. Put the submissions. They're going to be there. Because if you improve your positioning, all of a sudden the submissions come up. Dude, when I was a blue belt, I remember I, after like a big Saturday morning, I had to bring Ricardo for to uh, the train station. I think he was going to see Henzo in the city. And on the ride, I never, I didn't ask him for too much advice. I just showed up and the good stuff happened. But I was like mid-level blue belt and that's a frustrating place and i was like professor what should i be doing and he's like man you're a, you're a blue belt like to get to your purple you need to just only f focus on positioning and what that looks like in a role is you play guard if somebody's way beneath you you let them almost pass never really pass that's important yeah. then you recover you sweep them you pass their guard you mount them you let them bump you over. You're back to guard. Yep. You, you let them almost pass. So you're working on, re, on like recovering. And then you sweep them. You pass their guard. You mount them. You let them get back on top. And I just want to point out, this is, is kind of off topic, but when people say they want to work on their defense, for Ricardo, that wasn't like you let somebody pass your guard and then you work on your oop on the elbow. It's you let somebody almost pass your guard. Yeah. Which is a very big difference. Big difference. Like you're, he said to me, he's like, your guard should never get passed. You should have an impassable, impregnable guard. That's important. That's super valuable, yeah. too. And again, that's another topic to a whole other day. It is. All right. How's, this is always, because uh, I know I think we've all seen it on both sides of this. Your reaction to getting tap or to tapping? Oh, man. All right. There's two things we're going to talk about. I want to bring this up first because this is part of this topic talking about a role 
and talking about a training session. One of my pet peeves, one of the things I hate the most is if I come in and I hear guys talking about what happened in training the day before. If they're talking about like who they tapped and yeah. how and what they used. That drives me nuts. Like, first off, shut the hell up, dude. <laughs> shut up. For a lot of reasons. One, that's like one of the more douchey things. The only exception to that is like I've I've really been working on my leg locks or I've really been working on my guillotines. Man, I hit like four guillotines yesterday. Yeah. And like one I hit Casey with a guillotine. And you know, that's pertinent to the story because it's hard as hell to guillotine Casey. Yeah. But if you're like bragging about what what you did to the enroll, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It, it it does nothing like you think that you're re, like regaling us with tales of like like victory, victory like you're and a valor. viking. Yeah. You're doing quite the opposite. You're making yourself look like a dick. You look like a massive. Um and I'll say this. Let's say you you went to an open mat at another school. <laughs> Okay. When you come back, yeah. we kind of want to hear about how. Yeah, how'd it go? It, that's fun. Yeah. That's a little bit different. But we don't want to get to a situation in here where there's any animosity or like just bad blood for no reason at all Doesn't between be students. Yeah. It's pretty silly. Exactly. What are What are your thoughts on that? I it's uh, I am I and and uh, I don't know. It, maybe this is me not being humble, but I, I'm pretty humble about things. Yeah. So if somebody say, "Hey, I saw you rolling. How would it go?" I go, "Well, okay. Went yeah. Well." Yeah, I just I'm much more quick to be like, dude, you know who gave me a hard time? Yes. Like, yeah. man, this guy dude gave me nails. a real, Yeah, he gave this me a tough nails. time. Um, because you just kind of sound like a dick. Yeah, you did, you know, it, it was a, uh, it's a funny thing. We were talking about battle, right? Yeah. And uh, actually it was, <laughs> I was, this was a couple years ago. We were getting ready for fight to win. So we were just killing it on a Friday night. We're just killing each other. And, uh, you know, I may have uh, got the tap. And Juliana just may have captured the moment. Uh-huh. So we were going back and forth. So Battle saw the camera. It was nice enough to let to you gave it up. He put a front. bow on it. You could actually see the bow on <laughs> yeah. there. But, it, but I got him. And, and this is not being me being braggadocious about it. But I was joking with him. And I said, that was such a monumental moment. I have it on all four monitors in my desk. <laughs> and so I... I got the picture i put it on all, yeah. i'm like look yeah yeah i'm not fun that, with it I'm, yeah it's look, having fun with it. i'm not you guys might guy. be thinking like you do three social media posts a week about submitting brandon yeah and that's not because i'm like i sub i submitted brandon it's because it's fun it's he's one of my best breaking. friends it's like ball breaking I, yeah I'm, I'm busting his balls now that goes into uh how do you feel about tapping to tap not tap let it break and all that good stuff the most valuable lesson that I learned, and we talked about this before, was from Gary Tonin. And not because he said it outwardly, at least not in the beginning. Gary Tonin arguably has the best defense in jiu-jitsu, right? <laughs> like his, awesome. his armbar defense is legendary, that match with, with Krohn. Krohn. Um, he's just, it's impossible to submit the guy. That's not an accident. He's not bendy. He's not gumby. I remember... We knew about he, you know, he's one of my teammates. He's, he came up under Tom DeBlass. and I remember at headquarters they were talking about Gary Tonin when he was like fifteen, sixteen. Man, there's this guy. He's just he's like sixteen. Just got his blue belt. He's built like a grown man. <laughs> so naturally, he would come on Saturdays. He would come to comp class. He would come to like all the big events, and um, you know, like 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 Dicks afterwards would be like, "How'd you do with Gary? Like, how'd you do with that yeah. that guy?" And you know, one guy would be like, man, I almost armbar. I'm in an armbar for like a minute. One guy would be like, I had his back for like three minutes. And then years later, we go on to find out that he was just putting himself in bad spots. To learn. He was letting us like submit him and, and look at the result. 
but what I like about that is he would put himself purposely in bad spots and not say a damn word about it. Yeah. Right? So the point being like it's okay to tap. Not only is it okay to tap, if you don't tap, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I remember big gigantic Mike, the cop, yeah. the white belt. He he asked me after class one time, like, like how do you do a battle? I was like, with John Battle? He's incredible, isn't yeah. he? He's all over me. He's like, does he ever he says this, does he ever beat you? I'm like, what is that? Like, yeah. does do I ever tap all the time? Yeah. Yeah. He armbarred me yesterday. Yeah. And the day before that he took my back and he choked me. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, of course. And guess what? Brandon submits me. Yeah. Guess what? Pete submits me. <laughs> Everybody like if I'm not getting submitted, what You're the hell are we right. doing here? You're not doing things right. And I I, I love that the Gary Tonin uh, and you hear it, you've heard his training partner say, you know, he'll get tapped twelve times a row. How do you get better? At defense, if you're not in a bad spot, you have to put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, you know, it's a slippery slope. It is. Drilling your own YouTube moves during class. So looking like this, like the say we're doing arm bars, coach shows everybody the arm bar, you go back to your spot, and then you start doing your own moves? (laughs) Or like like before Randori? Is it within class? What's the question? I would say it's during the confines of class. Right. Because so, so we're drilling arm bars. You do it maybe twice, and then you're like, man, I saw this. Though. Let me yeah. watch this. Yeah, so if the guy does this, like, I'll do this. Because I know during advanced class, we'll have, and we see it all the time. Yeah. But it's usually just four of us. It's uh-huh. you, Brandon, Big Al, myself, maybe one other guy. We'll whoever. be off in the corner. Yeah, like. and it's just like, have you looked at this variation? That's right. different, though. That's, That's very different. different. That's different. Because it's all in the confines of the technique. The funny thing is, Al, Al will tell you, he is guilty of this. Like, he is, he's the worst. <laughs> um, he's always doing his own stuff, and he, he comes up with the most ridiculous names for it. But I think it's at the point now where he's doing it just to annoy me. <laughs> like, he's doing it because like, he knows I'm going to catch him and, and make fun of him for it. But, yeah, that's, that's a cardinal sin because let's say – let's call it what it is. Say we're drilling arm bars. You don't need to do the variations – because guess what? Your armbar sucks anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you it will not it will not hinder your explosive growth to drill the armbar another thousand times. <laughs> you need to do what's done in class. Not only that, you gotta keep in mind like you have a training partner. Yeah. And you owe it to them to stay on track, to stay focused. They're not gonna learn them. what you're teaching if they're doing their own thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess the answer would be, man, just stick to what they're doing. After class, ask questions. After class, drill something. Go to open mat. Do whatever craziness you want to do. But stay within the confines of the class because there's a reason we're here. It's also, and it could be a little sign of disrespect. Yeah, yeah. And it's not intentional. They're not trying to disrespect you. No. Or whoever's teaching the class. But it, it, there's also that's kind of like, we're doing A and B. This, right. We don't need C, D. The worst is when somebody's like, well, I like to do it like this. You know? It's like, dude, you don't like to do it like that because you don't even hit that technique. <laughs> like, come on. Who are you kidding? Yeah, and I, I will say this because I've had and I've seen some of the wipeouts, and this has just been for years, where they're like, man, I saw this on YouTube. Because oh. I'm like, what were you doing? He goes, I saw it on YouTube. And I said, look, don't. Don't. Just stay off YouTube. Come to class. Get the fundamentals down. Right. You don't need to do that stuff. And I say, because a lot of times, if your partner's not fighting, oh, you're going to nail it. Yeah. The chances of you hitting this technique right. is slim to Like the jumping you know? over the back, spinning, turtle choke. <laughs> yes. Look, the, the, 
the caveat being, like, say we're doing arm bars. Like, you, if you want to go look at the arm bar on YouTube to reinforce it, by all means. Yeah. Second part is this. Like, Ricardo was always a big fan of, yeah, stay off of YouTube for the craziness. But go on to YouTube to watch, like, the Mundials, to yeah. watch Abu Dhabi That's matches. what I say. Watch competition. He was huge on watching competition. You could see what actually what works. works. What it looks like when somebody's resisting. Yeah. You get a better idea for, for all of it. Hydra Gracie. You there want to know the fundamentals? That's that's the fundamentals curriculum to perfection. Exactly. Hydra Gracie. Um, I know we're going to wrap up, but maybe the last thing I want to talk about is, and this really only applies to our academy. I don't really know as much what's going on in other schools, but our adherence to traditional values and protocols, I guess we'll say, etiquette, such as bowing, right? Slapping hands, fist bumps, things like that. It's a lot of like old meets new. Um, What's your take on the bow? Sign of respect. Do you like it? Don't like I it? I love it. I think, and we've had people come from other schools where, you know, you get down a roll, awesome way to go. You know, uh, Jose Matias, he just got his black belt. He's a yep. Martinez guy. He's always comes in. Tough guy. Bow, slap hands, pound. Thanks for the roll, man. Thanks for beating me up. Right. It's, it's such, it's a simple thing that goes a long way. Show respect, appreciation for sharing the mat with me, for giving me your best. Right, but a lot of places don't bow and they're still respectful. Yeah. Why the bow? Doesn't it seem archaic? Ancient even? I am ancient. Yeah, you were around when they first originated when we first the bow. came up with it. Actually, I was tying my uh, my sandal. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I like the bow. I like... Um, I love it. I like the tipping the cap to the old. I like the tradition of it. I would even like to incorporate more Japanese terminology. It might be a little too late for that. That's a little sad. But uh, what about like professor and coach? Love Cause it. Because Danaher's like, call me John. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, I'm whatever. Not, I'm the, the wrong guy. I'm a which is weird because Dan Hur is like, call me John. And then he says inside Senkaku. <laughs> and he word. says like, you know, Ashigurami. Yeah. And he uses Japanese terms. Yeah. And he says Kohai and Senpai, which is junior student and senior, senior student. student. Not only that, he wouldn't let the Kohai, the junior student, compete above the senior students. Yeah. Remember all that whole mess? Yeah. Which there's, that's, that's an a, incongruency there, yeah. right? You would think that he would adhere to some sort of respectful term for the lead instructor. Yeah. Um, but anyway, professor, that just means teacher. It's yeah. like sensei. Coach. It's just, there's the black gi. Yeah. It's just, there. I think that there needs to be differentiation. There should be something separating the instructors from the students. Yeah. Why? Because I think it creates a better learning environment. 100%. So. That's it. Anything else to add, coach? No. So here, dude, the truth is there are countless unspoken rules yeah. in jujitsu we can't cover them all no you know if you guys have any questions shoot them our way but uh 